Hello and welcome to Victory Points. I'm Jake Michaels and this is a podcast about people who love tabletop games, interviewing people who love tabletop games about the tabletop games they love. I'm flying solo today because Becca is over in the United Kingdom filming for Games Workshop some exciting how-to-play videos, so you just get me and our lovely guest. This week, our guest is Anna Cecilia. Hi! Anna is an actor, writer, director, and graphic designer. She's a creator of awesome graphic tees, a photographer, a sketch comedy guru. My words, not hers. Also, my words. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was it was your words. They were my words. I like to brag. Uh <laughs> You immediately said it kind of sounds... I sound like a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Um, Being a guru. But you yeah, are actually... But, yeah. It's you're like knowledgeable. A, I, and I teach sometimes. I, I coach. So technically I, I do impart sketch comedy a knowledge wisdom. upon other people. Where does the guru line get drawn though? Because when do you become a guru from being a teacher or an advisor or a director? Oh, I guess when people seek you out. For those okay. Skills. When that a journey you, is set upon, yeah, and you like, are the result. Yeah, I think if I, if it were just like me being like, "Hey, let me," <laughs> I got stuff to tell you. Yeah, gurus don't solicit. Hard. No, 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 no. So when like people I don't know are reaching out to me, then I'd be like, "Okay, okay." Cool. I feel like a source of wisdom. Yeah, and yeah. that started to happen more and more. So I feel like feel, feel pretty cool. You don't sit on like higher elevated places. No, I usually I'd like to sit lower down. I'm, okay, you know, I'm not a big fan of heights. Yeah, so. people have to delve to get you. Yeah, 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 got yeah, it, yeah. Got it. Love it. Uh, well, today we're going to talk about some of Anna's favorite games, including Agricola, and what it's like to be. Is a... that how you pronounce it? No. Uh, so there is actually a dispute on this. Okay. Agricola and Agricola. I think it's an either-either situation, according to the people I've talked to. Ooh. Um, if I either get, either. If I get letters about this, um, I'll be excited because I don't get letters. Oh, someone sent so, an letter. angry letter. Yeah, or not it. angry. Yeah. You know what? You choose the tone. Yeah. I'll still read it. Yeah. Or you could choose to read it in whichever tone you think it might be written in. So did you call it? <laughs> I've always called it Agricola. Yeah, sure. Because it sounds it more Greek, which I know it sounds weird because I don't even think it's like Greek. It's not. There, there's something about it that feels like, oh, it's like an ancient civilization. Agricola. Therefore, the Greeks were. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes like, sense. Like, Agricola sounds like like an off-brand soda. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's German. Um, they all are. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk about what it's like being what she calls a basic board gamer. <laughs> I am. I feel like I love playing board games, but I don't know all, like... I'm not like deep in like board game yes. culture, you know, like I remember when I found out about Catan, I was like, oh, nobody knows about Catan. I'm so freaking cool. And like everyone knew about Catan. So I was like, cool, I guess I'm basic. Well, we have a lot of people on here who are very deep into it. And probably a lot of our listeners also are very much delving, have already delved well into the hobby. So I think it's actually great to have someone who's a little more surface because you have a different insight for us. I do. I just like to have fun. <laughs> and I like to feel smart. <laughs> Unlike us. Yeah. We're also going to delve into the world of design. I haven't even told her that. And talk a little bit about what makes design so important, not only in games, but in life. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Thank you. If I see an ugly board game, not interested. Really? I mean, it makes me feel differently about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. Why? I don't know. It's just, it's just, it feels like, oh, it just, you're going to be staring at this for like hours. It should be like pleasing. Appealing. And it should also fit like the tone of what the game is. It should be eye candy. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about code names, yeah. uh, which I don't know if that, I mean, it's a card. I don't know what, I guess it's it a, is. It is. We class it. This is a tabletop. It's a tabletop. You play it so, on top yeah, of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could safe. play it on the floor, but. <laughs> we have before. Uh, but I was at thinking Steve about. At Steve Irwin's house. Uh, oh, yeah. At Steve right, where we grew up. Right, right. Um, but the cards are so boring, like the actual word cards. But then I started thinking, like, oh, maybe, 
Maybe they're supposed to look like files or something. Yeah, I think they are. That's exactly yeah. what they are. But then the font choice is horrible. Yeah, well, and then there's not consistency on both sides. One's fading, one's not. So it's like yeah. my brain kind of, even when I am on the upside down, I'm still trying to read the other side. Yeah, because it's like such a bolder, mm-hmm. yeah, and like darker. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting choice. Yeah, I, I think it should be Courier, to be frank. <laughs> Well, if I, we're getting there, let's go I there. I mean, that's topic number two, and it's after the break, but that's a good preview. I've, I'm excited we're to see where that goes. We're going to dive deep into fonts. <laughs> oh, I got a whole section on Ozark. Don't worry. Oh, good. <laughs> we're, uh, I guess I'm supposed to, according to Becca's template for what she left me on her notes, she likes to talk about tabletop world news. Ooh. And I looked up a few things, and actually something that really stuck out to me was a little bit borderline political, which we don't really get too much on this show. And uh, every time oh. Becca does, uh, she tries to get back out of it. But uh, actually, the Chinese tariffs that have been uh, oh. proposed recently by mm-hmm. our current administration yep. is actually going to be bad for board games. Because <gasps> they're already so expensive. <laughs> But really specifically for board game designers, because a lot of those pieces, parts, um, dice, and toys, et cetera, come from China. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're subject to, I believe, a 25% tariff if they go up on June 15th. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be posted, so it's going to be around that time. Uh-oh. So that could be So monstrous. go buy all your board games now. Yeah. <laughs> Order them now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Oh, that's crazy. We I didn't of... even think about that. I just I just assumed that like, like if a board game is made wherever that all the pieces come from the same place. Yeah, no. You know. The way manufacturing is done around here, it's much more common for it to be built in China or at least the parts to be assembled oh, wow. there. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So, I mean, I don't want to get political, but <laughs> you I know mean, what? I'll say I'm upset about that. Okay, good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You played it safe but also made a statement. Yeah, I'm <laughs> upset. I'm equally upset. <laughs> Oh, it's good content. Good content. Um, let's actually just start with a little bit about you. What's when did you first start playing board games? What's your board game Ooh, life? Ooh, what is my board game life? Uh, I mean, I have two brothers, so you know, we always played various games growing up. But my older brother Patrick, he um, came in, I think, during college, and like, like one over like Thanksgiving or Christmas break, he like. Catan might have been the first one. He brought one. He was like, "You gotta check this out." And then I felt like every like every year, like every holiday, he would bring in a new like Something German style, like complicated <laughs> yeah. board game. And I just they were all so fun because I mean, I don't like to you know I I, I like to I like to I like to use my mind. You know, <laughs> sometimes I like to be lazy, uh, but sometimes I you like. You seem ashamed for wanting to use your mind a little. Bit. I know. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to, you know why? Because in my mind, I was like, I didn't want to be like, you know, because I went to Harvard, because then I'm the one who's oh, bringing there it, it up is. like we a are. jerk. Um, but yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, and I like, uh, I feel like in most of my life, I like to be a little lazy, but I feel like board games are like a fun way to have to like go into overdrive. Yeah, for sure, because you can get intense about it, right? Yes. Yeah. It's an intellectual, in tech, intense, comp- competitive thing yeah. that has zero stakes. Yeah. It no has stakes the stakes of the people for in the pride. room. Yeah. yeah, 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 which has a lot of stakes. Yeah. So, yeah, so he brought you, he, or so he brought you Catan. <laughs> Do you say Catan? Oh, no. More debates <laughs> about pronunciation. <laughs> so he brought you Catan or Catan? I'm not sure. Is it either, either? I mean, I don't know. I've always said Catan, but it could be Catan. I mean, Catan sounds more formal. Yeah. So he brought your Seatlers of Catan. Yes, Seatlers. (laughs) Oaf Catan. But why why does, uh, why did it grab you though? Like, I mean, you played board games before. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I feel like, because it, it was so variable, I feel like so much of, I mean, there's a little bit of luck involved, but it's so much strategy-based, and I feel like so many, like, board games that you play as a kid are, yeah. like, all just, like, which card did you draw, yeah. and what dice did you roll, whereas, like, that required, like, planning, and, like, strategy, and manipulation, and I don't know, just... yeah. And there's an internal economy, which never is really true, except for in games like Monopoly, which are hard to get through. Oh, right? Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to go down the road. Um, I don't want to crap on Monopoly, uh, but I will if you want me to. It's so. literally a theme of this. Whenever we talk to people about where they start with board games, it has to kind of get mentioned because everybody, that it's was part sad. of everybody's origin story. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of has this, mostly the same reaction to it. Some people still adore it or do like different versions of it. I just don't know if I ever, like if we ever got through a full game of Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. not happily. No. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, because it just, if someone ends up having so much money, like, yeah, with, with Catan, Catan, there's, like, an element of surprise, like, because people have, you've got your victory point cards, and you just don't know, like, you think you're winning, and then, like, you're like, cool, I'm, like, two moves away, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah. someone, like, pulls out, cool, I have, like, three hidden victory points, I win, and you're just like, great. <laughs> the tipping over of the edge kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's like Monopoly, you're just like, cool, like, this person is clearly going to win. Yeah, yeah, it's a slow, painful descent into hell. Yeah. Absolutely. Monopoly. <laughs> a slow and painful descent into hell. From Milton Bradley. <laughs> and then we'll just pull that for the next advertisement for the sponsored episode. Oh, great. For, for, for Milton for Bradley's Milton Bradley. this episode. Yeah. Good, I don't even know if they're still a company anymore. <laughs> I think they are. They've got to be, right? Uh, they might have got bought by something bigger. Oh, maybe. Which is probably the case. Uh, so you play board games now as an adult. I do play board games now. Frequently or with, was there a friend group? Is there a, um, you don't go to game stores. Uh, I don't go, are there game stores specifically games? Like game cafes. Have you not been to a game cafe? You mean like where you go and have coffee and then play games? That they have. I have been to one of them. I, I, there was a place like that in Houston where I'm from. Shout out to Houston. Um, Houston. Houston. Uh, it was like a place like, it was called Dessert Gallery. And it was like, Absolutely. they had cakes and like, it was just like cake and board games. <laughs> Which is like two of my favorite things. So I can't believe I didn't <laughs> That's go. That's a great idea for a store. Cake yeah. and board games? I can't believe I didn't go more often. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I guess I didn't really. You haven't delved that. I that haven't delved. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I just play games casually now with like. I, my friends, yeah, have various game nights. Like, we had a game night a few nights ago, and I was so excited to bring code names. And it's so funny because I realized immediately, like, oh, this is not that social of a game. Yeah, that's not the room, right? <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of what I want to talk about is because it's reading the room or, like, finding the right vibe mm-hmm. for a game, whether it's code names level or whether it's, like, you know, um, Puerto Rico level or whatever yeah. that is. Like, those things define the evening. Yeah. Right? Like, we ended up playing Taboo. Yeah. You know, which is, like, fun, mm-hmm. but it's, like, definitely, like, not a hard game and everyone's, like, participating. Whereas, like, Way looser, right? Code Names is, like, you're sitting there in silence and just, like, <laughs> beans, three. <laughs> and, then, and then you just sit, like, and you can't say it. There's so much of, like, when you're playing with people for the first time of being, like, um, no, you, you can't say it. Shh, you can't say anything. <laughs> you can only say the word, the, the clue, and the number, and that's it. And they're, like. You know, and then, yes. yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just that either people love it or they're just not into it. And then you're like, cool. Like, yeah. Then it kind of, well, then it kind of sours the mood if it, like, if you try and it fails. Yeah. It's a risk, right? Yeah. We played like one round and it went fine. Uh, but I've definitely played it before with people where, oh man, like people, I have one friend whose name I shall not mention. 
Uh, but he gets so competitive. And I remember we played once and he was like, because we had to split up into a team of like two and three. And so he was just with one other person and he was just like screaming. No. It was, but it was, it was really funny. Good natured screaming. It was good natured screaming, but also we weren't sure. <laughs> Still intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still in that poor person's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily everyone had a positive attitude about it. Uh, yeah. But that's the thing I like, like t- trying to figure out is like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. We've all had too much wine. Yes. <laughs> is it really time to start this game that we decided we were going to do? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happened to me, actually. So this uh, what was last weekend, as a matter of fact, some friends wanted to try this game called Viticulture. Viticulture is not unlike, actually, uh, Agricola mm. because it's worker placement where you take your family members and put them places. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, you are running a vineyard and you have workers and you're sending them to different places to go gather grapes. And then you use them to harvest the grapes and crush the grapes and make wine. That sounds great. It is, except it is as complex as Agricola. Yeah. And it was 10 o'clock at night and they had all had too much wine. <laughs> yeah, that's not a game you start at the end of the night no. when you have never played it before, probably. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. But the th- but the whole purpose of the evening was for that. So there was a whole context of like, we were going to sit down and do this. And so they all tried. They did. We sat down and started it at 10 o'clock and they all had a good time, but we quit around 1230. Yeah. <laughs> and we, because we had to. Yeah. It was what was realistic. You're just like, we're tired. Yeah. This game is long. Yeah. It'd be like trying to teach yourself a Twilight Struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Twilight Struggle. Let's talk about Twilight you, Struggle. It was a struggle for you. Oh, that was one. Yeah, because my, my brother brought it home for, it might have been Christmas. I don't remember. And I, for, actually, I want to hear you describe what Twilight Struggle is to the viewers or to the listeners in case oh, they yeah. don't know. In case you don't know, <laughs> Twilight Struggle is a two-person game that lasts post-instructions between five to seven hours. <laughs> and that's just the description on the box. Yeah, right and there. it's about the Cold War. Uh, so if you're a history... Your favorite war, right? Yeah, my yeah. favorite of the many wars. Um, <laughs> if you're a history buff who has one friend, it is the perfect game for you. <laughs> I will say I do have a friend who loves this game. Yeah? Yeah, I've played it once and I didn't love it, but, like, I see why some people would. Sure. But I agree. Like, it's also, it's quite a haul to learn. Yeah, that was the problem. It was, like, cool. We, I think maybe the game didn't take seven hours, but it took legit. And, like, you know, we're both game people you know, we're both fast learners. It took us an hour and a half just to go through the instructions That's the for thing. the game. It has It's a game that has enough changing rules throughout the ages mm-hmm. that you kind of want to get a concept of it first before you go through. And that's almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to stumble through it first. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not you don't casually sit down at a game night. Again, <laughs> unless there's only two people at this game night and you start at 4 p.m. <laughs> there's such an emphasis on two players. Have you not played a lot of two-player Mm-mm. games? Uh, I don't think so, no. Yeah. Do you think it's possible to find a good one? Other than Twilight Struggle? <laughs> um, I mean, I would love a good two-person game. Because, yeah, I think part, all, so many of the games we have are... Made for groups. Made for groups. Yeah. And, like, I guess that's sort of the context in which you normally yeah. have a game night. Um, although uh, Colin and I played uh, Pretty Pretty Princess the other day. Yeah. And you can play that with two people. <laughs> so Well, I, I'm also asking because the people that hosted that Viticulture party were saying, you know, we watch too much TV together. Like, that's how we spend a lot of our time. We need to get into something a little bit more intellectually and conversationally stimulating at night instead of five hours binging stuff we do like to watch, but it's the same thing. Yeah. And so they took the impetus of like, hey, we want to learn board games because we kind of like them. And so they 
went down this road now. But like, it is a nice thing that Katie, my wife, and I do too. Is like we play board games a little bit more when we were like kind of burnt out on TV. Yeah, and that's a great idea. Yeah, because yeah, so many, so many games. Like, I guess there's like. If you're just playing cards or something, like that's a two-person game sometimes. <laughs> listen to the tone again. If you're just playing cards or cards something. Cards <laughs> or something. Oh. Uh, yeah. There, yeah, you're right. I guess, do you, do you know a lot of two-person? I know lots. Ooh. And I have so many to show you. Yay, now. give them to me. <laughs> I will steal them. I will. And I'll tell you more about them shortly. But first, let's go to a quick break. <gasps> And we're back with Anna Cecilia, who you can't see it, but she's primping her hair. I'm fluffing. It Hello. Looks so good. You just came from an audition. I did. So you look great. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, it's just all I ever need to hear. <laughs> did the casting director say you look great? No, fucking bitch. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you so much for calling me. <laughs> Thank in. you for this opportunity. Thank you. <laughs> it's an honor just to be in the room. <laughs> Uh, Do you find that when you don't seem desperate, you get the call back more often? Honestly, I, yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I guess I just don't ever try to. I don't. I don't think I'm really like desperate anymore. Maybe when I first came out here, I was like so eager, and now most of the time when I get an audition, I'm just like pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase. <laughs> desperate was the, maybe the wrong word for it. Like, um, if you seem very thankful or like yeah. very appreciative and like into it, like, hi, oh yes, I'm so happy to be here or whatever. Yeah. Like the too optimistic, totally. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a fine line though because I feel like if I don't, because you want to leave and be like gracious, but you also don't want to, yeah, you don't yes. want to seem needy. You don't want to seem needy. That's the thing. And then you walk out without giving them like a thank like, you. Thank They're you. like, who was who? Wow. Oh, yeah. But also like, yeah, if you don't make direct eye contact when you leave, I find that, but sometimes it's like you're trying to and they're not looking. You're like, oh, cool. I definitely didn't book it. Uh, are they looking? Are they looking? Are they looking? Yeah, they're looking. Are they, are they wanting to keep, oh, God. Um, yeah. And it's funny too. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I had so much fun at this audition and I feel like, like, Sometimes when I book something, it's when I go into the audition and I'm just like, I don't want to fucking yes. be here right now. Yeah. Why am I here? I'm so angry. <laughs> and like when I'm just like, I almost want to leave. And then like I end up booking it. So I felt that way before I went in. So who knows? I could book it. There you or go. Yeah. I might have jinxed myself and I won't. So. Yeah, either way. Either way. There's, you know what? Acting is stupid. <laughs> Everything is so out of your control, and you spend so much time like trying to find like logic in things that have no logic, which is why board games are so great because there the logic is. is built There's in. There's that and segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that choice. Thank you. You mentioned Agricola to me when we kind of first met and talked about board games, and yeah. I was surprised because that's a like that's a that's a deep one to kind of first mention like I expected Codenames or Catan first yeah well I think that was like maybe like year three of our family exploration <laughs> into board games so I think it started with Catan is how I'm gonna say it and then uh maybe uh and then we did Puerto Rico and then I think the year after that was Agricola and it was just like yeah yeah, so, so many more, so many more like levels and rules and like building onto it. But. Agricola's, uh, for those of you that don't know, is a worker placement game where you're taking your family members from your little farmhouse and sending them out to market to gather sheep, gather pigs. Yeah, there's bulls gather, too, I uh, think. Cow, cattle, uh, build fences. Uh, yeah, uh, gotta build fences. Harvest, land, uh, sow fields and mm -hmm. harvest crops. It's a, it's a worker placement. You can fish. You can fish. I think, you right? You can. Uh, oh yes, there is fishing. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's to get the food tokens. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty, uh, it's a somewhat comp. It, it, it is complex. Let me try this. Over. 
Oh my God, Jake is having a meltdown, guys. Jake. Sentence was a struggle. It's freaking out. (laughs) A Twilight struggle. It's a pretty complex game for sure in terms of all the different mechanics for um, gaining your resources and putting them together. But what makes it to me super interesting and actually gives it an endless amount of depth is the the cards. Yes, the action cards that give you a bunch of rolls, right? It's, yeah, the cards are the thing that like, yeah, give you the most control, but they're also the most confusing because you have no idea <laughs> yeah. what is going to be helpful to you like seven turns down the road. Yeah, they're, they all are, each card is kind of something that like either gives you a free thing or like breaks a rule in some interesting mm-hmm. way for you only. Yeah. So it kind of dictates your strategy a little bit for you. You don't have to follow it, but it's kind of suboptimal to at least not follow some of the cards. But you don't even have to take the cards, right? Because that's like one of the, because every turn, you have like two, is it like two moves at least at the correct, beginning? Correct, And then you can choose like, cool, I'm going to purchase a card yes. on this move. So then you can also just like, you know, you know that's sometimes my strategy. <laughs> not Fuck them cards. <laughs> Fuck them cards. Uh, <laughs> just don't purchase anything. Just try to get all the supplies <laughs> and try to get out. Uh, yeah, because sometimes you have to spend so much time like building up to like be able to purchase the card. And then you're like. You don't even have time to use it. Anymore. Yeah, but there's such a crazy amount of cards. I think there's maybe even a couple hundred. In, really? In, well, maybe with with expansions. I can't oh, remember. Okay. If, uh, go ahead and write letters and let yeah, me know. Yeah, write angry or non-angry letters to Jake. Yeah, we don't have a mailing address, so figure it out. Good luck. <laughs> but the endless amount of cards, the uh, high amount of cards really adds pretty much infinite replayability to that, which I think is very cool. Yeah. Um, and then you also mentioned Puerto Rico, which I haven't played in a long time. I haven't played it either. I used to have, I used to have friends. I don't have them anymore. No, um, oh, no. a group of friends who Rip. we used to play that game every once in a while, and maybe they still play, it and I just couldn't ever go, and so they stopped inviting <laughs> maybe me. Maybe they Oof. still have friends. Maybe they have friends. Maybe they have don't. each other still. Okay. But yeah, I think I hadn't played it in a while, and I was like, oh yeah, this game is easy. And then I sat down, and I was like, wait, what is this game? <laughs> uh, but that's one where you I think there's an app too. I think there's an there, app. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that one's fun. Uh <laughs> which is an economy slash city building game. Right. You're also you're not quite worker placement, but you're spending a certain amount of actions to go grab stuff. Yeah. And that one I think is interesting compared to Catan. Now I want to call it Catan. Uh because it like there are clear talking about design. There are clear like labels on everything. Yeah. For like, cool, this is indigo. This is is it corn? Uh, uh yeah, yeah, corn or wheat. Corn or wheat, yeah. Think. One of yeah. And mm-hmm. then whereas like with Catan, like nothing is labeled. So it's so funny, like playing with my family, we would call things certain like certain resources, certain things, yeah. which I don't think is what technically they're <laughs> called. Like we uh I'll give you some oranges for some beiges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or we're like, ooh, can't wait to get all the sheep. <laughs> and it's not, it's, it's wool. <laughs> I like, think I think most people make that call. Yeah, like actually. let's have the sheep and the like. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of sheep jokes. A lot of ho- hoarding of sheep would happen in our family. You sheep hoarder. Yeah, <laughs> hoarder. Um, have you played any? Have I shown you any other worker placement games? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, what have did you... we play on on Game of the Game? Um, Can I mention that here? Is that cross cross contamination? It's called cross promotion, and it's great. <laughs> Game the game, watch it, Geek and Sundry, baby. <laughs> uh, what did we play? We played the the one where we were on a spaceship where I refused to do any engine building. 
That is technically worker placement. Uh, Scorpius Freighter. Scorpius Freighter. That was fun. Anna was a smuggling (laughs) captain of her own space freighter, and you are trying to build a lot of cargo space in your ship to haul illegal cargo. Uh, Anna's strategy was to build very little cargo space Mm -hmm. and haul very little cargo. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, She ended up, I think, losing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, But not by a lot. Not by a lot. Surprisingly, still very much in the game. Yeah, Because your ship was so sleek, you actually got to deliver a lot. Yeah, I think I was like, I think, yeah, because I spent less time trying to like build up resources that I then had to get rid of to like build my ship. Basically, I was playing the a little bit at a time as opposed to like trying to like quickly do everything at the end, which is sort of what happens when you're trying to build your engine. Because then you're like, cool, I have nothing. And then hopefully it's a monopoly type strategy where at the end you all of a sudden are like just accruing everything. Yeah. Um, Well, that's 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 a game that too you you. The ending happens so quickly. So You're fast. like, oh, we're in it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, God. Nothing was happening and now everything is happening. You liked that game a lot, didn't you? Because did. Becca I had liked fun. it too. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was really frustrated about like the way you can choose where you go is dictated on what the person did last turn. So I don't know if you remember, but the little spaceships would go around the planets and then you could only move so far around those planets. Right. And you could only, you had to hope that the person ahead of you would either make the move that you needed them to make so that you could make your move or not make that move because then they were going to take yeah. your move. Yeah. Yeah, very dependent on, uh, yeah, what the other players are doing. And you're not working together. <laughs> you're working against each other. So, uh, you know. And you don't even know what helps them. So, yeah. like, you don't have a choice to. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it's kind of like a tandem that way. Because you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you like you can see like, oh, this person's trying to build longest road. Like, I should try to stop them. That's from kind of the limit. Road. Like Catan. W- once you play a bunch of these, you kind of see that oh, the dice dictate more than you think in terms of the That's economy. That's true. I've had some very unlucky games where like people just keep rolling seven. Yeah, and yeah, you're just yeah. like, just oh my god, we are stealing. robbing yeah. all over the place. This For is sure. horrible. Yeah. And uh, again, design. I love that about Catan that all the little pieces like say like cool. Like six and eight are red, like just in case you didn't realize those are going to be the most rolled numbers. <laughs> and then the little dots underneath. So yeah, the like, dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Well, actually, let's let's jump into the design portion of this. Let's actually, do say, it. Let's get into let's it. Let's just get crazy. The actual the thing about those dots and versus like writing things out, which I've started to discover, and maybe this is this is new to me, but maybe it's common knowledge, is like a lot of European games do a lot of symbols to represent instructions. So like the dots and like the lettering and stuff like that. Whereas a lot of American games flat out write sentences or words for you to understand what the rules are. And I found both to have their ups and downs, but like from a graphic design standpoint, I'm not sure which is ultimately better. I feel like the I feel like the Euro way of symbols is good, but it takes time to learn. Yeah, it takes time to learn, but it probably makes sense on the, you know, back to the manufacturing side of it, because they don't have to make a different version of the game for different countries. For languages, yeah. yes, very good point. Unless like, you know, you don't use the Roman alphabet, in which case they'd have to make a different version for you. Very true. Um but yeah, it would cover a lot of bases that way. I don't know. I mean, definitely from when you're learning it for the first time, having things like written out on the pieces is like, you know, the indigo or whatever Mm -hmm. is helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then you don't get fun things like your family mistakenly calling a board (laughs) game piece sheep when it's wool. Uh, Yeah, there's the benefit of misunderstanding what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is great when you're playing a game. Uh, Just confusion (laughs) generally. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a cleaner design to just be like images. Yeah. What's, I mean, go ahead. I was like, what's that game? Have you played that game? And it's kind of like code names, but they're just images. Um, Dixit? 
Yes. So Dick's it's a lot like apples to apples, where like so one person, uh, instead of selecting a card from apples to apples, they say uh, they put down a card of art face down, right? And then they say a word, just a single word. Is that how you play it? I bo- if, if, if this is the same game. If, I think I have. I think this is <laughs> what it, every, I just only played it like twice sure. like four years ago. Then so. everybody has a hand of, of cards that all have art on them without any words. And they all put down in that same pile what they think would best maybe represent that word. Mm-hmm. And then they the main person picks up, whoever is the active player, picks up all the cards and has to guess which one is the real one. Oh, so it's kind oh, of no, like everybody votes. Everybody votes on what they think, what the they think that the lead person put in. Oh. So you can bluff with other people. So it's kind of like um, Drawful. Yeah, similar to Drawful as well. Apples to Apples, even uh, Cards Against Humanity is but, the same mechanic. But Apples to Apples, you're not guessing which one they put down. You're just guessing the best one. That's true. That yeah. is true. Yes. Yeah. Fair point. I just schooled Jake. Hard. Not really. <laughs> That's why you're a guru. I should come to you for this kind of knowledge. I regret saying it. I regret it. I'm so happy you did. Let's well, let's talk about design because this is something you are also a guru in. I would say. I don't know if I'm a full guru. I enjoy it. I'm. I had a. I. I have a photography degree and I dabble in graphic design and art. Let's actually zoom out into a weird place to just go say, what is design? Like, I mean that literally. Like, how, how do you define that? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, design, like, just, like, artistic design? Uh, yeah. I don't know, just putting something together visually, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's sound design, too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, all different types. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. But yeah, I guess true. Design in general, just putting the pieces of something together. I'm not asking to be a jerk. I'm asking more to, like, yeah. wonder. When I have, in a creative process, mm-hmm. design is something that I say I don't actively think about. Until I should (laughs) and I want to think about it more and it's something I I think I appreciate in the back of my mind but don't actively participate in. When you're playing a game or just in general? And in life. Yeah. Like for instance like I'm moving recently and like – Congratulations. Thank you so much. But like with our new apartment I don't have a whole lot of aesthetic opinions. And uh, my life partner does. And like that kind of difference is like, well, why don't I have more aesthetic opinions? I know what I like. I know when she designs things, I definitely like it. Why don't I have these things? But it's just another part of building a project or doing anything. It's like you're focusing more on the engineering of it or like you're focusing on the fun of it. Why does design just one portion? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I I feel like, not that I don't have a lot. Of, like I feel like I'm building my interior design aesthetic, but I think just because we always went to art museums when I was younger, and I don't know if I'm answering this question at all. I don't uh, even know what my question is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just talking now. Uh, but I, we, yeah, I, you know, I always I took art classes. Like always, I used to teach at a like I was a teacher's assistant at an art school through high school, and just like like something being visually the visuals of anything are always just very interesting to me and I like hyper focus on it and I like if something's pleasing or not pleasing to me. It's important, right? It's very important. See, that's what I guess I'm trying to get at is like it, I think it's undervalued Yeah. in most commonplace, you know, in anything really because take for instance, um, you said earlier that there were board games that turned you off just because they're designed. You literally kind of judge the book by its cover, right? Sure. And I mean, I, mean, I do the same thing and I probably shouldn't do that because I played a lot of ugly games that were a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that? We played some game the other day uh, at your house. I did not like the aesthetics of it. <laughs> uh, what did we play? Lords and Ladies? 
No. The one with like gems. Oh, Unearth? No, that was fun. Oh, um, I mean, I love the game. Oh, I'm you just mean saying, uh, Splendor? I yeah, I don't like the art on it. Where we had the gems, we were trading them for cards. Yeah, and the cards have points. I like. I think the game is great. Yeah, I don't okay. like the art. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Splendor. Yeah, there's... I think the art is like trying to be too realistic Ooh. or something. You know, it, there's something about it that feels like I I, I love art. I <laughs> I do not like. Like 18th and 19th century, like oil paintings of royal families, which is kind of what it was. Which is kind of what it, yeah, is. And I so like I feel because I feel like there's just an inundation of that in like a lot of art museums. You've seen and it, and you just you see like, on, and I this I sound like an asshole and like so ignorant, but truly to me, when you've seen one, you've seen them all. They all look the oh same to me after a while. Like I love impressionist art. I love, you know, I love modern art. Um, I'd rather see like. Like, you know, when people, like, it's a pedestal and they just put, like, a broom or a shoe on it. And they're like, this is about my struggle uh, with my father, you know? And, like, to me, like, I would rather see that than, like, a row of oil paintings. What is the board game equivalent of this, Of, a, of that? It's, of, like, just some weird minimalist, like, bullshit thing? I mean, I call it bullshit, I also love it. It's a box with a blank board that the game is called, this is a statement about my father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make that game. Uh, yeah, I guess there really isn't any. I can't think of like a game that has that kind of like weird anti art aesthetic. <laughs> like, I don't think there is one, or yeah. nor would it sell well. Or maybe like Cards Against Humanity is very like all it is is just like black and white, like just some like font that is similar to Arial but like slightly more yeah. pleasant, you yeah. know, very basic. Yeah, it's more of a, yeah, it's like more of a, a, a Kind of an improv game, a little bit. Yeah. Not even, yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Because you're more about the experience than the visual. But the visuals are very strong. You're just like, cool, this is it. It's just a simple. Was there a game that drew you in because of its art? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I, I know, if, well, while you're thinking, I know if Becca were here, she'd obviously mention Court of the Dead, which she's talked about on this before. I don't know that one. Um, it's a pretty complex, also worker placement game and pretty fun. Um, but it's what really does hook you is the miniatures are not only uh, beautifully rendered, but they the art um, on all of the cards is all like really high fantasy, dark death demons and Ooh. monsters. And it's all very, the board is, is like a twilight blue, almost glows, but it doesn't. It's oh. one of those, it's one of the lighting patterns that looks like it glows, but it's just so wonderfully it's just balanced. the color, yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds amazing. I did buy a game once. I used to, I guess I did have board games when I was, a, like girly board games when I was little. I think I told you, I, yeah. I threw out, and Jake is very upset with me. I was. I threw out Mall Madness and Dream Phone, and I had them for like decades because the batteries had like rotted and they no longer worked. Like I love the like the <laughs> the aesthetic of Dream Phone is so aggressively '90s, and I love it. it's like black and like neon pink and yellow and orange, and it's like it's great. And they have these cards of like these like I think they're photos yes, of these guys. of guys, yeah, and they're like attract like. 90s, I'm putting air quotes, they're 90s attractive, you know, like they all have like that floppy hair and like, it's like so weird. Like like just pre-Backstreet Boys or yeah, right before that, right like bef in between new kids and Backstreet yeah. era. Like definitely they would not be considered attractive. <laughs> None? 
Maybe a couple. We should of them. do is where are they now for the guys that oh are on God, electronic yes. phone. If you are Dream Phone, Dream one phone. of the models from Dream Phone, please reach out to Jake. Send me a happy letter. Yeah, happy and letter. And we'll have you on the show. Yep. How it changed your life, the types of phone calls you may have got. So it had a plastic phone, right? Yeah, it, has, it had like a center plastic console. So the board was like like an octagon, I think, or maybe a hexagon. And it came around and then it had all the little places that you go to, like, oh. <laughs> Uh, Where's the mall? Like uh, the recording of the woman on the phone uh, is like he looks cool in whatever he wears. He's not wearing a jacket. <laughs> I, like it all had that weird like rhythm to the it. The pause because they probably would fill it in depending on what he's wearing. Probably, uh. yeah. Like yeah, it was like they all had different like catchphrases before each thing. Like they were like, what is he wearing? What does he like to eat? What is his activity? Like. <laughs> Uh, and you, it was so funny. But then um, every once in a while, you'd call someone and you'd get the, like, it'd be the guy. And he'd be like, I know who it is, but I'm not telling. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> These guys were jerks. He's a hard worker who works down at the factory. He has acid burns. <laughs> this is the gritty, gritty version of Dream All right, Pop. so there's only two guys with acid burns in okay. my hand. So Ooh, which one do I want to date? Paul or Freaky Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah, they all had names like that. Like, yeah, Paul, Mark. Uh, yeah, all like one syllable or like two syllables. <laughs> well, you don't want it to be too complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but anyway, that, why I got off on this, um, like that has such a 90s aesthetic. I think like Mall Madness is like, it's kind of borderline 80s, 90s, but it, uh, but there was this one game that I, I wanted, and my mom bought it for me, and it was like Kingdom of the Crystals or Kingdom of the some crystal thing, and I guess it was kind of a Dungeons and Dragons style like role playing game, and it came with like a cassette that you would play along with it, um, and I think I only saw because I saw the commercial and I like the art looked I it like looked magical. And I tried to play it multiple times and could never figure it out because, uh, do you need me to look it up? I'm I'm trying to look it up right look now. Look up like Crystal's 90s board game. Oh. We can edit around this too. No, keep it all in. Tale of the Crystal. Tale of the Crystal, that might be it. Let me see it. Yes. Yes, this right. woman with the unicorn. <laughs> okay, so Tales of the Crystals. Oh, this is painfully 90s. Yeah, so I just, yeah, the art, and I was like, ooh, this looks like beautiful and magical. I was like, I want to play it, and I could never figure out how to play it. <laughs> I would like start and be like, I because I think it was like a Dungeons and Dragons style role playing game, and I didn't understand how to do that. And so I was like, I, I don't know if I'm doing this right. And so I would just, like, every time I would start to play it, and then I would just stop because I didn't get it. Can I read the backboard description? Yes. <clears throat> Change your home into the magical land of Collingwood, spelled C-O-L-L-I-N-G-W-O-D. So is that Collingwood or Collingwood? It was Collingwood, I okay, think. great. In the blink of an eye, your backyard can become Collingwood's whispering forest, your bedroom, the secret garden, or your attic, the evil castle of dread. With your imagination and the tales of, Christ of the Crystal's game, you and your friends will each play a role in a unique fantasy adventure. You'll meet a beautiful fairy queen, listen to a talking tree, laugh at a mischievous sprite, ride unicorns, dance at a forest festival, and battle swamp goblins and an evil witch. That's a long list. Listen closely as the exciting audio cassette guides... What? As the audio cassette guides you... Play fantasy cards to create challenges every time you play. Use the special powers given to you by your crystal pendants. You had crystal pendants? Mm -hmm. 
Discover secret hidden messages, answer important questions with the jewel crystals and the wheel of choices. The fun is endless. This is intense. That was the thing. I think it I I must have been like too young to understand it or but yeah, for sure it felt like like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing and I didn't know how to do it, but like for girls. Uh, yeah, and there were things like, okay, and then now touch your pendant to something, and then, like, nothing would happen, and I didn't... <laughs> was no, it a magnet or something? No, I think it was just supposed to be, like, in your imagination, but I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, but anyway, if you have played Tales of the Crystals and you understood it, please reach out to me. I would love... I would love... If you still have it, I would love to be able to play it once. Yeah, come on over. We'll yeah. play it. Come to California. Yeah, come find I us. would definitely... Yeah, I definitely want to, like, match up pendants and figure out what those things do. <laughs> Crossing swords. <laughs> Touch your pendant to another girl's pendant. <laughs> you are bound now. Uh, what was I never played Mall Madness either. Oh, Mall Madness is great. Uh, that's moving around and shopping for stuff. Yeah, like all these games like, were so like sexist. Cliche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you like it was like um. Sorry, the diet coke's getting to me. It's okay. um, Sponsored by Diet Coke. Uh, there's a big, the board had like big plastic pieces at the end that were like sort of like the upstairs tier of the mall. And I think like sounds came out of it and you were like going around and trying to get all of the stuff at the different stores. And you had like a little fake like cardboard credit card. and Oh, that must have felt good. Yeah. yeah. That's an aesthetic I bet you loved, right? Yes, That's it, a design choice. That's awesome. Yeah. They could have just made it like you take the dollar bills out from your mm-hmm. whatever yeah, from your no, bank. Yeah, no, it was a little credit but card. But they gave you a credit card. And they all, I think there were like four of them. So it was like each person got one and they like had like, you know, like Their fake own personal. like Master Mart or whatever, you know. That's good design. Yeah. It genuinely is because I actually never played Mall Madness, but I remember that. As mm-hmm. soon as you said that, I was like, I remember those pieces because yeah. a friend's sister had it. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of, yeah. wow, did they get a credit card? Yeah. <laughs> Does that actually work? I mean, I was five. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to go buy everything uh, with this big credit card. It did make it feel a little bit more legit. Yeah, you feel like, because then, then it is, it's kind of like a role playing thing, too. I mean, like, ooh, I feel like an adult. I feel like I'm going to the yeah. mall. Like, this is what I see in all these movies of like people going to the mall. Like, now I'm doing it. You can kind of immerse yourself, too. There's a world. Like, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, like, it's funny because the game, we kind of roll our eyes at how basic it was, but land and cliche and maybe a little sexist, but like, Boy, it sure did give you a whole nother world to explore into. Yeah, it's very fun. Like, yeah, I feel like the aesthetics, yeah, you're right. It can get you to feel like what Tales of the Crystals was trying to do, which I clearly <laughs> did not understand. But you like, have been too young. I to. think I was. I, I think I was like 10 and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, to like, like, to let you feel like you're somewhere else and like immerse yourself in a different little special place. Not home. The mall. <laughs> Um, all right. Let's go to the mall. Oh, yeah. So, have you ever played uh, Castles of Burgundy? No. This is an example of I've design. I've been to Burgundy, you, though. Oh, way to top me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Was I that didn't on mean a Harvard it, field trip? Oh. oh. It, was a, it was a family trip, and it's. I remember it smelled really bad. Oh, here we go. No, we were near the ocean, and it was like during like some, anyway, I'm going to stop talking about it. We're sponsored by Burgundy Wines. Oof, Burgundy, you are great. Just the whole region. <laughs> the municipality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bur- go Burgundy. It's a really great game that I think you will love when I teach it to you. But it is one of those games that has... Oh, my God. Jake. It's a game that you'll really love. 
when I finally show it to you, but when I do, you'll see that it's a game that has a lot of symbols in it that don't intrinsically make sense when you first learn the game. It's too overwhelming. There's too much information. There's little pictures of way too many things that point to arrows of other little things, of hexes that all look the same in different positions. That being said, once you've played the game three times, everything makes perfect sense and is so easy as a guide to reference to. I think that's really good design, but I can't tell, right? Because I was brutally confused the first time, and yeah. the art's kind of boring otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, do you? I mean, you, what do you would, sacrifice. Yeah, because like you want it to be a game that people can understand immediately, unless unless you don't, unless you want it to be like, cool. This is only for people who are really into it, and <laughs> yeah. who care about it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like either joke writing as well. It's like you know, we always try to trim the fat in joke writing or sketch writing, is try to get to it as quickly as possible. But sometimes it's it's worthwhile to set up in a long time and make sure you give a proper context to right. something and before you get to your punchline. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Do you approach the same thing with designing graphic tees? Because your graphic tees are very base. Like, I mean, and, and then I mean, there's like one simple item in there. So let's Jake try. had this panicked look in his I, very eye. Very panicked. He looked like, oh my God, Anna thinks I was just oh, shitting on her this designs. Shit is base. Oh my God. Because oh, your stuff is like basic. Base? It's like not even basic. Nah, it's base. You don't even try. Um, no, I do. I have a very simple design aesthetic. I like, I like bold colors and like sort of graphic. Graphic shapes. Oh. Uh. <laughs> For reference, you should look at AnnaCeciliaPhotography.com yes. so you know what we're talking about. Go to the graphic tees Go to section. The graphic tees. I have an online store. I have tees. I have prints. I have pillows. Yeah, I do a lot of – when I first started doing it, I would take photographs and then manipulate them through Photoshop to sort of abstract them and just turn them into like the basic like geometric shapes that build up the images that I was basing them off of, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, and then now I, I use that still a little bit, but I also kind of freehand a lot more. Um, but yeah, I do. I like... But you don't do a lot of complex or like overly layered mm, things or... No, I don't. I, I really don't have a lot of like lines in my work, if that... No, you don't. Yeah. Well, you certainly wouldn't split it between like the setup in the front and the punchline in the back or something like that. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, you know... Oh, I actually meant lines in the art. Well, I was referencing the one. <laughs> I was referencing the one graphic tee that I remember very distinctly because it's a it's a note to Netflix. Oh yes, yeah, I have passionate feelings about Netflix. <laughs> yeah, you do. I am very upset about the Ozark title card font. And we don't have to go down the full rabbit hole on this, but let's no, just. No, but I'm what, gonna in explain a, in it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell, the first time I saw the first episode of Ozark, the very first thing you see on the screen is just a black. You know, frame with just a very simple white um, sans serif font that says Netflix presents, and the next one says Ozark. And to be fair, I'd had a little wine, uh, <laughs> but I was like brutally offended by the font. I was like, like stopped the show. Yeah, I guess I turned. Oh, no. I turned to uh, Colin and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like. You're you're eight seconds into this eight show. Eight seconds. The show hasn't even started. And I want to clarify for those of you who are getting upset right now. You're like, I love Ozark. I love the pictograms that they do. I also yeah. love the pictograms. Like the because the 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 actual official title card for every episode is the Ozark O that has like crosshairs in it, and then it has like four um, images. Yeah, that motifs. represent things that are going to happen in the episode. And I love that. I get. I just. 
I think I'm like, cool, we all know that we're watching Ozark on Netflix because we got on Netflix and we selected Ozark. <laughs> you don't need to have... It's, I think that's what I hate about it. It's like, there's no reason to have those two cards. Yeah. There's... They don't need to be there. Yeah. Like, you already have a really nice card that has the O. And that O does a lot for it you. It does a lot. And you it's pay like, attention uh, to that O every time. It's, like, important. It's interesting. It, like, pulls you in. And so, like, the O's are... It's cause I hate it, too, because it's not even Ariel. It's, like... <laughs> it's not even it's not Ariel. Even Ariel. And I don't like Ariel. I mean, Ariel's fine. Um, <laughs> I've never had such hard opinions on Ariel, Ariel versus Courier. It's just, you know, yeah, a Courier... Courier has feeling. Uh, Courier means something. Ariel is lazy, but this is like, it's like they went out of their way, I think, to choose a font that is more boring than Ariel. You think they went out of their way? Well, it's either that or it was like they were editing it and they were like, cool, let's just, okay, we're going to put the title card here. Let's just get a placeholder for now. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, you know what? We forgot, but maybe people don't. (laughs) People think it's like an art, artistic choice of like, you know, because it's that's what it makes me feel like, you know, when you're like, a, I, I majored in film for like a year and a half before I was like, fuck this, I'm doing photography. Before I got the degree and moved to another one. Yeah, yeah, I moved to another one. Yeah, I have many degrees. Um, <laughs> but uh, it just feels like that when you're first starting out and you're like, oh, I'm like making an like an anti-choice, like the equivalent of the yes. shoe on top of the podium. Yes. It's like, it's like saying something that I didn't like put in the effort to do. So it's just saying like, this is unimportant and like, isn't that interesting? Like an interesting choice. <laughs> It's like, no, there are so many fonts. Why did you pick that one? It, it says literally nothing. It says nothing. All right. Anyway. I think this is the most in-depth I've gone into this publicly. That's great. I wanted someplace for it to be a testimony that Netflix can respond to. Um, but also Netflix, uh, if you're hiring. Uh, yeah, season three. They're probably staffing up. I mean, if you want me to do a new title card for you, I would do Ooh, that. Ooh, break the mold. Yeah, change it up a little bit. Yeah. Those, the uh, the crosshair design with the images. I love that. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, and it's, it's they're very simple little images that um, foreshadow something. And you, because of how heavy and dark that show is, you always assume the worst. Yeah. Like if you just see like bars of a window or something, you're like, well. Someone's being tortured and going to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> That's not necessarily I, true. But, but sometimes it is. is yeah. <laughs> you see like, oh, it's a little birdie. Yeah, someone's going to get murdered by a bird. Uh. Anna, thanks so much for being here. Before we go, do you have anything um, else to like share with the world? Something interesting that's happened to you recently or anything you want to make sure the world can know about? If you don't, I can go first. Oh, man. While you're thinking. Okay, you go. I have something that actually still is kind of relevant to what we're talking about, which is a recommendation for a Netflix show that's called Abstract, The Art of Design. Ooh. Have you not seen it? No. Okay. Well, it's eight episodes. I think they're, I think it's a couple years old. It might have been in like 2017. But they follow a different type of designer in each episode. And they're about an hour long. Uh, the first one is on an illustrator. Uh, the second one is about the guy who made um, the Air Jordans. And they do a stage uh, designer, they do a visual design, they do a photographer, I believe, an architect. And it's just their process and what they do. And I think it's a really interesting delve into other people's work and where where they come from. And even if you are involved in – actually, especially if you're involved in none of the fields mentioned, I think it's worth a watch because you can learn a lot from the way different people approach their art. That sounds awesome. Yeah, What's highly recommend The Art of Design? The Art of Design. I went into it uh, just kind of interested with the first episode of The Illustrator, and he talks a lot about – I like his workspace talk because he has like a 
desk for digital work and then a completely separate desk for like hand drawn art. And it kind of puts his brain into different mode when he's in a different environment, which I really subscribe to. Um, But then the second episode was the guy who designed the Air Jordans. And I'm not much of a sports guy. So I was kind of like, okay, is this going to be interesting? And I was floored because not only is there obviously so many intrinsic uh, choices that go into shoe design, but the Air Jordan kind of changed shoes, I guess. Yeah. And the way shoes are marketed. Yeah. It was the first time. I mean, I think that was the first time everyone was like, oh, my God, yeah. I have to have this yeah. shoe. Yeah, yeah, that was the shoe craze for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, highly recommend. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Uh, I, I don't. Great. I don't know. Uh, What's something interesting you've been experience, you've experienced lately? You're going camping. I am going camping. I'm really excited about that. I recommend it. Hi, this such, uh, <laughs> I've yeah. actually recommended it recently yeah, because yeah. I've been camping a lot too. Oh, yeah? So this is also going to become a camping podcast. Yeah, I camping guess. podcast. Uh, we're not very... Uh, we've only gone camping twice. This is the third time we're taking... What's a... What's a good game to bring camping is the question. That is a great question. We were talking about if we should bring a game and which one because it should be something that doesn't blow away. Yes, yes, very key. our campsite, we've been there once before and it, it does get a little windy. Yeah, cards are tough. Cards are tough. Cards are also the generally the best because they're so compact and lightweight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're kind of you're stuck if the wind is there. My brother who introduces me to all these games. He just had a baby. Congratulations. Shout out to my niece. You're a Tia. I am a Tia. Um, uh, uh, but for they did like, um, for the baby shower, they had like the, the men hung out with my brother and then the women hung out with my sister-in-law. And this is game related. So he, because uh, Colin, who I keep mentioning, Colin's my boyfriend. We live together. I don't know. Um, shout out to Colin, shout sponsor out to of the show. Colin, thank you, Colin. Thank you. Um, uh, so he went over there, and this—I I don't know what this game is called. I'll have uh, maybe—I I don't know how we're gonna find out. The game is—they had a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of logs, and they were like throwing the logs at other logs, but they were like very specific rules about and like this. I, I think that this is like a game that he bought, and it's like. So, like, you make a line. It seems like a game that's, like, easy to start getting an advantage and then very difficult to win. So, like, there'd be, like, a row of logs, and you have to, like, throw a log and try to knock a log over. And if you knock a log over on your team, then someone on the other team has to, like, that they have to throw a log from the point where it was knocked over. Uh, that might be it. It had, like, a very... I'm pulling it up. It had a weird name. Hey, play wooden throwing game. <laughs> Regardless, you're th- it's a log throwing game, which you found good for camping because it's just throwing I sticks. I think that would be a great game Absolutely. for camping because like you're you're in the woods already, you're just throwing wood. <laughs> <laughs> what is your camping experience? Is that what you do when you go camping? You throw wood? No? What? We gotta start a camping podcast to yeah. get this right. Uh, Anna, thank you so much yeah, for being here. Thanks for having me. This and, was fun. Yeah, and thank you for listening. We're really hoping to get the word out. So tell your friends about this show. Like, subscribe, get on uh, iTunes and uh, rate it really highly. If you're planning to rate it lower, don't, don't, don't rate it. <laughs> yeah, just, just uh, stop thinking about it. Think about other things. Yeah, thanks Go somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Anna, so much for being here. Thanks for Studio 71, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.